think I'm doing those eyes. <laughs> I think I'm in love. It was terrifying. The pain, the, the fear of being eaten. I was drowning at the same time. I just accepted that I was going to die. Was there a bit of fandom for you when he came on? Oh, huge. Not... And I did not try to hide. <laughs> did not try to hide at all. Out of the Box with Serge Negus on FBI. Massive thanks to the Mornings crew for an epic morning of Sydney music and culture news. If you missed anything they played, you can jump online and head to fbiradio.com to catch up on Mornings or any other program here at FBI. Now, my guest on the show today is someone who's been through something that, in all honesty, is an incredibly archaic practice that I find hard to fathom still exists and is allowed by governments in today's society. At just the age of 16, Chris Shabs began gay conversion therapy and... For the decade following it left him feeling a deep sense of shame, left him suicidal and basically celibate for a period of time. But his story is one that has light at the end of the tunnel and Chris now basically campaigns to get rid of gay conversion therapy and uh, is a gay Christian LGBTQIA advocate. Chris, thanks for coming on the show. No worries, thanks. Now look, I want to kick off from the start here because your story is one that is deeply rooted within your family and how you grew up. So could you paint us a picture of what your childhood was like yeah it was uh, my family was very deeply christian uh, always um so i grew up in church my whole family's christian my, my my grandparents as well my auntie uncle everyone um and yeah i guess it was just one of it was a good childhood i enjoyed um i enjoyed church i enjoyed uh knowing that i was gonna go to heaven when i die um yeah What's yeah? What's paint a picture for us like in, in that regard? Like, is it, it would I can imagine it'd be a very comforting, unifying feeling mm-hmm. as a kid going to church like that and having such a strong community around you. Like, is that is that what it was like? Yeah, I mean, when I was very young, it was for sure. Yeah, um, you know, um, I think when I got a little older, sort of around nine and ten, I started feeling a little uncomfortable. Um, I think it was because I was starting to realise that I may kind of have um well i knew that i was different i knew that i wasn't like other Mm. boys um and i thought there was probably something wrong with me Mm. and Mm. i think church consolidated that feeling and so i think earlier church was really comforting and i really enjoyed being part of that community but around that age nine ten sort of started becoming a little bit uncomfortable were there any any other kids um around that same age that you kind of connected with who you also thought were were like you and that when that you were that were also potentially homosexual with it was there anything like that or was you no. did you feel isolated yeah i felt really isolated um i it was it's funny you know even as i went into my teenage years um you and i think a lot of gay people can probably relate with this um i just didn't know how to be like one of the boys Mm, i just mm. couldn't you know like you know they'd be wrestling and like being stupid and you know running around roughhousing and stuff and i just i didn't want to for a start um but i i just couldn't and i think um uh yeah there was no one else in my church community anyway that i could kind of relate to in that way i knew that i was uh, a little more sensitive and more feminine perhaps than most boys um and yeah it just felt a bit weird and i mean like was there any way for you at that point in time of seeking out any understanding outside of the community you were in no 
Um, I grew up in a Christian bubble, basically. Yeah, right. um, I was going to a Christian school uh, and Christian church. And even when I went into my teenage years, I started going to Christian youth group. So all of my friends, all of my family were Christian. I didn't know any non-Christians. Yeah, wow. I, I, I literally had no, no, um, no contact with non-Christians, basically. I, I mean, I, I, for someone who, yeah, I guess has been preached a certain idea mm. of the feelings you may have been having, I, I can imagine that would have been deeply confusing for you i mean did when did you first start learning in in the bible for example about you know homosexuality apparently being bad and you're gonna go to hell um well it wasn't from the bible actually it was from listening in church so uh and i think this is something that a lot of christians need to be more aware of is that kids do listen and they they pick up a lot of stuff um and i had heard messages uh from you know well, basically my entire life, that gay people were perverted. Um, They were disgusting and sick and um, they'd all made a choice to be that way and, you know, they decided not to follow God's plan. And um, I remember talking to my dad once. We were talking about... um, What were we talking about? Uh, We were talking about... um, some people that had come to church and they were gay, I think. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was probably about seven. And I heard him talking with my mom about them and sort of uh, about how, you know, the lifestyle that they led wasn't wasn't okay. You know, we can love them, but, you know, they're not, um, they're not living the right way. And I mm-hmm. remember asking questions about it and trying to understand what that was about. And I was a bit concerned um, because when it was explained to me that, those men were in love with each other, I kind of got a bit excited and I thought, oh, like men can, you know. Yeah, they can do (laughs) that. Like it was like this kind of like excitement and then I realised, oh, but that's bad, you know. And um, that was a message that was, you know, pretty subtly but, well, often subtly but pretty consistently given um, even as a kid. And I remember one particular message point uh, where I overheard a conversation uh, between a couple of people at the church who were saying that they'd prayed over this this gay man that had come in. He was homeless and he'd come in to ask for prayer. And they apparently had exercised several demons of homosexuality out of him. <laughs> and I remember I was 10. And from that point on, I was petrified that I had demons in me. You know, so, you know, kids, you know, they they, they listen to things. And I guess, you know, me hearing that gay people were demon possessed, that they're evil, that they're, you know, all these awful things, that stuff became how I thought of myself. You know, I just that totally became part of how I, um, yeah, how I saw myself and developed my, um, yeah, quite a severe um, anxiety disorder, I guess, from that kind of... Which is totally understandable yeah, because totally. in life those things should be projected upon yeah. a child. You know, well, it's innocent absolutely. and you should just be able to live your life and feel the way you feel. And, and it's, yeah, it's a, it's an incredibly sad thing to, to feel like there were kids like yourself in that position getting those sort of ideas projected on them. Yeah. But look, we're, we're going to talk about this more and get more deeply into it. You're listening to Out of the Box and FBI Radio. My name is Serge Nix. My guest here today is Chris Shabs. He is an LGBTIQ advocate who is pushing governments to stop gay conversion therapy. Now, look, what's the first track that you're going to play for us today, do you think? You've got some Matt Corby in here. You've got some Duke DeMont. Some very different eclectic stuff. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, um, look, I'll go for Matt Corby, actually. Yeah. Why, why this song? Um, well, for a start, I think Matt Corby is one of the most talented singer-songwriters ever. Um, even from the age of 14, you know, he was, I mean, his, his voice was incredible. And um, yeah, Brother, um, I, it's just such an emotional song. And it kind of just, I don't know, every time I sing it, it just makes me <laughs> just, I don't know, just, yeah. Feel fantastic. Put it on, it's great. I love it. <laughs> Sweet. Just go home. 
This is Out of the Box on FBI Radio. My name is Serge Negus. My guest here today is Chris Shabs. He's a gay Christian LGBTQIA advocate who underwent gay conversion therapy as a teenager. But um, look, when was it exactly that I guess you came out with your, your, your homosexuality to the church and then had to go through this traumatic experience? Like, at what point did you do that? Um, well... Uh, I guess at 16, I came out to a church leader um, because I was, I guess I finally realized and kind of accepted that this was a problem that wasn't going away. Um, And I really just was desperate to kind of uh, get some, yeah, and like get some kind of um, answer from from the church. Um, And so I spoke to a church leader about it. And he was really nice. Um, he sort of prayed with me and said, you know, don't worry, this kind of thing, you know, sometimes, you know, sometimes people can feel like this. And um, <clears throat> he um, told me that if I was going to see him sort of regularly to talk about this kind of thing, that I'd have to come out to my parents as well. And so I did. <laughs> that was interesting. Yeah, how'd that go down? <laughs> you run us um, through that because I uh, think, yeah. My poor mum. I, <laughs> I was in the car with her and she was dropping me somewhere and I thought, this is my chance. And so she slowed down. You know when you slow down at the, and, you know, there's a zebra crossing, you just let someone out at the train station. So she slowed down let me out and just as I was shutting the door I said by the way I'm gay bye <laughs> wow. slammed the door ran up the stairs of the station and she was down there with her you know winding down the window doll come back come back Lee. we need to talk about this and I was like no no oh bye and just hopped on the train wow. so my poor mum and anyway um, obviously do you know what she do you know what she did after that after you um, just kind of bailed on her after telling yeah, her yeah she 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 went home and she told me later that she cried and that she I mean for a long time apparently actually I'd been speaking to my parents about it quite a lot lately um, apparently for years she had um, been kind of uh, angry with God because she I think she knew that mm. I was gay mm. and like she she knew mm. um, and my, I mean my parents had had worries for years that I might be um, and. She she told me that she spent lots of um, lots lots of time in the shower usually where no one would hear her crying and just wow. telling God you know if you let Christopher be gay I don't know if I can love you anymore you know wow so she started because, questioning um, her, well, her faith almost well I don't know about questioning her faith but she was angry because yeah. she was like why would you, why would you let this, this you know don't let this happen God like he can't be gay this can't you know and um, my dad uh, <clears throat> obviously my mum told my dad <laughs> and uh, we had a very awkward conversation when he came to pick me up from wherever I was um, and yeah it was uh, it was a difficult year hmm. because what was, your, um, what was your dad's reaction was was he angry as well or no, was he understanding um, well i mean neither of them were angry at me mm. um I, I i could probably Kinda say that both of them would be angry with god at the yeah. time wow. um uh, they were both really loving towards me and like made sure i knew that they still loved me so i mean in a lot of ways it was a great coming out um but that said, the homophobia of their religion and of their sort of belief systems, well, I, I guess their ideologies about um, homosexuality sure. uh, made it difficult. So, I mean, Dad was quite homophobic back then. Yeah, right. Well, yeah. um, and I mean homophobic as in like 
uh, scared he would of, be uh, yeah so like yeah. Uh, you know he told me at one point and he tells me this in with tears in his eyes now because he's yeah. quite ashamed of it but that he used to be feel physically ill you know around in the presence gay people. of gay people yeah wow. and so that was kind of what i came out to you know yeah. and so it was really hard um, there were lots of arguments around the dinner table and stuff that year. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> wow, it's such it's such an incredible story, Chris. And I guess, look, you've gone through this intense year and we're going to get into the next part of this, which is going to be when you actually start doing these conversion therapy classes and what they look like. But first, let's, let's play some more music. What have you got for us? You've, you've got a lot of different things, like we said before, but what do you feel like would be the most appropriate thing to play here? I mean, I'm Torn by Natalie Imbruglia could be a pretty good one, I reckon. I, uh, yeah, well, that's the one I was going to say, Torn. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, I mean, for you, did you, when did you first hear this song and, and when did you first kind of listening to this and relating to it? Um, well, I first heard it, I think I was in year eight at school, um, and I remember... Um, you, you know that 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 chorus it's just so it's i find it a really powerful chorus i, mm. I love it um and this um image of someone just being totally out of faith and you know um she's torn you know like exactly, she's yeah. kind of done and i i remember i would sing that on my bedroom floor <laughs> nice nice it's a beautiful image. <laughs> probably naked i don't know <laughs> <laughs> I saw a man brought to life He was warm, he came around like he was dignified He showed me what it was to cry Well, you couldn't be that man I adore You don't seem to know, seem to care what your heart is for Well, I don't know him anymore There's nothing where he used to lie
This is Out of the Box on FBI Radio. My name is Serge Nikas. My guest here today is Chris Shabs. He's a gay Christian LGBTQIA advocate who underwent gay conversion therapy as a teenager. And we're going to get into that right now and talk about what exactly these sessions were like. Firstly, though, can you run us through the the original session that you went to and what the first process was? Uh, do you mean the ones um, with Living Waters, the actual yeah. gay... Com- yeah, okay, mm. so that was when I was 19. Um, okay. uh, and basically it was run out of a church, uh, it would run weekly, very much like, um, kind of like Alcoholics Anonymous wow. in a lot of ways. So it was a group of people, we would go into the church and um, I purchased a manual, which was like a really thick, uh, thick textbook for us to work through. And we sat in the church and listened to uh, a speaker talk about broken sexuality and about, uh, you know, different forms of broken sexuality Um, and would listen to testimonies from people who had been gay and who weren't anymore. and, um, And then we would have some worship and then we would break up into small groups and the small groups were broken up into male and female and we... Uh, we would confess our sins to each other. So mm. we would talk about um, why we were there, very much like AA, you know, um, and talk about the struggles that we'd had that week. And then we'd be anointed with oil and prayed over and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, what kind of impact did that have on you going through those sessions? And, I mean, was there anything, like, because that you, what, the picture you just painted, like, it, it it sounds subtle almost in mm. in the way that it kind of tries yeah very to, yeah. Well, um I think the damage uh, really came from uh, the ideologies and things that were kind of um, force fed to us like yeah. in the in the in the sermons and yeah. just in and in the in the manual you know the um, it was just this idea that being gay was was uh, was was a form of broken sexuality it was something that was not okay yeah and that it was something that could be changed yeah. if we sort of try hard enough and we give it all to God and whatever else. Um, and, th- I mean, they had a lot of very strange ideas about where homosexuality came from. Yeah, you really? Know? What, what um, do you mean? What was, kind of I mean, ideas? you know, it wasn't something that we were born with. Yeah. You know, definitely yeah. not something that you're born with. Um, and almost like you'd done something bad to be able to... Well, to, to I mean, like a lot of the time it was kind of blamed on the parents. So, like, mm-hmm. maybe it was your overbearing mother. Maybe it was your abusive father or your absent father or this or that. Or maybe if your mother didn't brec- breastfeed you, then maybe that's why you're gay. You know, it was all these weird kind of... Yeah. Um, I would call them pseudo psychological um, yeah. sort of reasons. So it's very manipulative in a in a very kind of like yeah bizarre well, way. I mean, I think so. I mean, I will say that the people who ran the course were actually really well meaning. Mm. Um, no one, I don't think, is out there running sort of gay conversion programs or um, think ex gay programs or anything like that with the intention of harming people. Mm. They all think they're doing. God's work. They think they're doing the right thing. You know, mm. they think mm. they're saving people. Mm. Um, so, the, I mean, the, the people that I came across um, there were very loving and really wanted me to um, find healing. <laughs> um, yeah. And, it, I mean, this might seem like a strange question, but, <clears throat> I mean, if you've got these people in this room that mm. are gay and they, you know, hanging out with other 
gay Christians who are there trying to convert. Oh, I know what this question what, is. Like, <laughs> like, surely there was like a bit of time where you were like, God, come on, guys, let's just bat. Like, you don't like. Hook did up? you guys not connect and hook up? Like, <laughs> no. Look, I'm. I'll. I'll be very honest with you. If you're seeking gay conversion therapy, you're pretty desperate. Yeah. Okay. You know, yeah. and it's. Um. I mean, I know. I like from my perspective. Um, my my experience it was um, I wanted to be straight more than mm, anything yeah. it yeah. was the only way that I could live my life it was the, um, I, I felt like I couldn't start my real life until I sorted this problem out you mm, know mm. so there was no way I was going to be hooking up with anyone yeah, you know right. I didn't want to I there was um, I, I was very strict with myself actually mm. I didn't even look at guys wow. um, yeah. I wouldn't even watch movies with um, you know, good-looking actors in them. Like wow. that's how strict. That's, I, like yeah, I was strict. I, I went to like extremes. I would, um, if people would talk to me. Um, so I, you know, at church, if there was a good-looking guy that would talk to me or like, hey, Chris, how's it going? I'd excuse myself. Yeah, because wow. I wanted to starve it out. You know, it was pretty full on. Whoa, pretty that, torturous, actually. Now so, that I think about so it, it, really was. It was. It, um, it, it was a real. Um, Mind fuck. Am I allowed to say that yeah, on here? Sorry, you can bleep that out. No, no, no. no. It's, in context, <laughs> but it was. Totally it was fine. really. Um, yeah. yeah, it was pretty shit. And I mean, did you do you know anyone um, from from the the time that you spend those therapy sessions that actually apparently have, uh, I guess, been converted? Like, no, 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 yeah. I don't. Um, no, I, 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 I have to admit, I didn't stay in contact with anyone mm. from that. We weren't friends. Um, it was kind of a distinction that was made mm. that we weren't to hang out with each other outside sure. of yeah, yeah. the group. Um, it was it was a um, yeah our relationship wasn't friendship. It mm. was we were there for some to fix something, and yeah. that was it. Have so. you have you heard of any cases of of where people? have seemingly moved on beyond this because oh, yeah. I, I know there's like a there's there's a guy who I believe runs a gay conversion therapy um, group here in Sydney now who was himself converted and now he's he oh, yeah. runs the courses like it, how does that sit with you like I mean because it's it's wacky Look, the thing um, that happened I'll be honest um, the people that I've sort of spoken to in depth about their um, conversion from being gay um Every single one of the people that I've kind of uh, really probed about it has admitted to me that they aren't actually healed of being gay. Like they, they're um, they're taught to deal with it well, in some way. Like it's like you know, it, like, like I'll, I'll I'll give you an example. When I was um, twenty four, I um, was reading this book by this Christian guy who apparently was ex-gay, and he was telling um, he he told the story of his healing and whatever in this book. And I thought, oh, wow, this guy's only 27. That's amazing because at that point I was thinking, oh, shit, I might be like this till I'm 70. I could be trying this forever and nothing will happen. And so I got really excited. And so I emailed this guy. I contacted him and we Skyped a few times. And, you know, um, and it was really encouraging for me at the time. Um, But there were a few things that he just said that I was like, oh, that's weird wording that he would Mm. say that, you know. And so I ended up just asking him flat out. I said, look, um, you know, in your book, you talk about being healed of being gay. So, um, like, how long did it actually take you to be attracted to women then, you know? And that's where things kind of... Well, he said, you know, oh, look, it's it's more complicated than that. And I was and I thought, oh, here we go. (laughs) And he just, you know, basically he's gay. 
Yeah. <laughs> um, he doesn't identify as being gay anymore, mm, mm. but he has homosexual feelings um, and he's not attracted to women. Mm. So, you know, and that's where when I started to really question it. Well, and, it's almost you know, like, is it almost like they've they've trained themselves to, to be able to not, I guess, have that aspect? Like, it's almost like if you well, decided to be vegetarian, you're like, I, I would still like to eat meat, but I know it's bad, so I'm going to do it because they've been told that it's bad. <laughs> they're able to like. I hate to associate yeah, vegetarianism no, with right. this, but you know what I mean. Um, like, it's- yeah. Look, I think uh, like mm, uh, my suspicion, mm. and this is from my experience and from my many conversations with lots of different people about it. My suspicion is that most, if not all, people who claim that they have changed from gay to straight either were bisexual to start with, okay, yeah. or so, you know, kind of not. Uh, you know, mm. I mean, sexuality is fluid, yeah, very, um, yeah. but that doesn't mean that you can just change someone who is gay to being straight. Mm. You mm. know, it's not that's not what fluidity means when we talk about sexuality. No. So, um, I, um, I, yeah, I personally don't believe that changing from gay to straight is possible. It's it's impossible. Yeah, I mean, it's it like, will not happen. It could not just agree happen, with you more. So. It does not happen, and that's why we definitely need people like yourself, Chris, here, so we can talk about this from like a personal experience and be able to have people understand that and, and know that. And the more we talk about it, the more we can hopefully get this this archaic practice yeah. that does have such a bad impact on people's lives outlawed because it's only Victoria, right, that that has had yeah. anything to do with trying to do yeah. that. Yeah, well, um, the ACT has um, has come out and said that they're going to in, uh, um, bring some legislation mm-hmm. out this year about it so that's fantastic but yeah so far um victoria is the only one that really has much of a legislative kind of response to for sure gay conversion well look we're going to go to a break and play another song but and we're going to come back and i think we'll talk a little bit about just like how deepest psychological impact it had on you uh, after going through these sessions yeah sure. um but looking at the next songs you want to play i mean like what are you <laughs> feeling like now what are you going to mix this up with um do you reckon we could play kind of a more upbeat one? Yeah, sure. Like, say you'll be there. Yeah. Spice Girls. I have to, yep, sorry, I have to say, I apologise for anyone that doesn't like this song, but it was one of my favourites growing up. So. I can tell you right now that the back office here at FBI will go bonkers. I'm oh, sure really? there'll be people well, in the car that You know, I'm telling you, like, people who say that they don't like it, I don't believe them. <laughs> <laughs> you can't not. <laughs> Friends. Hey, but now we're going round 
This is Out of the Box and FBI Radio. My name is Serge Negus. My guest here today is Chris Shabs. He's a gay Christian LGBTIQ advocate who underwent gay conversion therapy as a teenager. And we've just been speaking about exactly what goes on in those sessions. But Chris, these sessions, like as cooked as they are, they they had a profoundly um, negative impact on you. Can you run us through exactly what these sessions led you into feeling and doing? Yeah, sure. Um... Well, I guess when they didn't work, um, I kind of got extremely desperate, and I because I, I still really um, believed that it was something that had to change. It was something that I couldn't live with, um, and so I I uh, went to um, exorcisms to try and get rid of any wow. de- demonic what, activity can, that might be going you, on. Can you run us through what happens in an exorcism? Yeah, sure. Look, it's not as dramatic as you <laughs> think. Not, not as dramatic as um, the movies. I mean. I, yeah, I wasn't vomiting or anything like The Exorcist or anything. Mm-hmm. But no, uh, essentially, uh, the ones that I had, I had to fill out a questionnaire that was asking lots of questions about, you know, my fantasies and about things like that. Um, really uncomfortable, by the way, mm-hmm. to do. You have to give it to the person who's performing the exorcism and then they would um, lay hands on you and um, try and cast out any demons basically. Wow. Um, so a lot of forceful um, yelling and sort of, you know, come out, you know, <laughs> that kind of thing, it, you know. How did you feel um, off the back of them? Like, did you feel um, like in some way kind of violated almost? Like- um, look, I, I would say that when I was going through it, I was very, um, very anxious. Um, I was scared because I was like, shit like is something going to happen like am i going to start vomiting am i going to start speaking like is, is a demon going to start speaking out of me you know i was I, I was quite scared um after they were finished i was quite relieved because i was like great no demons you know <laughs> but i think that fear like you know like i said before like it was something that was instilled in me when mm. i was like 10 John. so that was something even though i went to exorcisms you know, one exorcism, then another, then another. It was still this fear that, well, maybe there's still one in there, yeah, you know? Wow. And so I kept going, kept going. Um, I, and um, I mean, I started paying for a counsellor to try and deal with uh, with the homosexuality, see if they could help me. Um, and I mean, I had been celibate the whole time, which is a really difficult thing to do. Mm. And when I say celibate, I don't just mean abstaining from sex. I mean no kind of... Well, yeah. nothing. Yeah, nothing. Yeah. And no kind of um, uh, romantic relationship or even physical, like, intimacy at all. Yeah, wow. Um, and that kind of... That really does affect you, you know, um, emotionally and just even relationally, like, trying to be friends with people when you have this wall around you that is there to protect you, right? Like um, not being able to get close to people, not being able to talk about sort of what's going on inside. Like it's Mm -hmm. so, um, how can I explain it? I think my- It's just isolating. Yeah, it was totally isolating. And I think my, you know, the, the torture that I was putting myself through um, the guilt that I felt, I mean, I felt so much guilt. You know, if I, if someone walked past me in the street and I thought, oh, he's good looking, I mean, I would, you know, I'd punish myself for mm. it, you know, by, you know, I mean, I'd, you know, have to say a million prayers and then, you know, sort of take myself away from everyone and sort myself out, read the Bible. And, you know, it was really um, 
yeah. It it's a shackling torturous. process, right? Yeah. Yes, it is. Absolutely. And um, um, I'd developed um, really severe OCD as well, um, mainly around um, praying, yeah. um, like obsessive praying. And I mean like constant praying. I would be talking to people and I would have this urge that I had to ask for forgiveness for something not even anything in particular, just something. And I would just start praying in the middle of a conversation. So how do people react to that? um, My friends uh, kind of knew that I was having a lot of trouble and that uh, obviously that um, I think they had a lot of grace for me in that they, they knew that I was struggling with something that they couldn't possibly understand. Mm -hmm. Um, it was a bit more difficult to explain to people who didn't know me well. Yeah, yeah. You know? Um, so there was still within the community, there was still like, there was, uh, I guess, some level of empathy for you and what, and what you were going yeah, through. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, but at the same time, it was hard because, you know, I'd have, you know, I, I remember um, I was, um, one, of, one of my best friends at the time was, um, we were in Melbourne. Um, I was a singer and we were on tour in Melbourne and we were walking across the road and she said to me, Chris, you know, um, so how are you going with the gay thing? You know? Um, and I was like, well, what do you mean? And she was like, well, you're not gay anymore. Right. <laughs> and I was like, well, Sheree, yeah, I, what? Yes. I'm, I'm still attracted to guys, but I'm ex gay now. You know, I identify as ex gay. I'm not gay wow. because I don't yeah. do that. And she was like, but are you trying hard enough? Like maybe if you, maybe you haven't given it all to God, maybe if you, like, if you really just gave it to God. And I remember being so hurt by that yeah. because you felt like you were giving so I much. Was, oh man, I was nearly killing myself trying to change. Like everything I could think of, um, every ounce of effort that I could possibly muster was going into trying to change myself to be straight. And so, and I had conversations like that with Christians a lot Yeah, yeah. where Christians would say, just, if you just try harder, if you pray harder, if you do this, if you do that, if you, if you really gave that up to the Lord, you wouldn't feel that way anymore. And that, um, yeah, that was, I mean, more than hurtful. I can't even explain really how that felt at the time, but, um, yeah, so it was pretty, like, I, I, I guess the impact emotionally, it's it's hard to explain because there's so many facets to it. Totally. Um, and, I mean, even now, like, I have to admit, even now I still deal with... Um, the repercussions uh, of well, going through that yeah, process. Yeah, I mean, you know, you can't possibly go through a childhood being taught that you are... You know, um, you know, by 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 default, you are demon possessed. There is something wrong with you. You are sick. You Mm. need to be healed. You need to make a choice for this or that. You can't go through that without that leaving an imprint on the way that you see yourself. Of course, you know, and see your value and your self worth. Um, You know, I mean, there is a reason why mental health in in gay people is um, so high. So yeah, yeah, like, um, and. For me as a Christian, I guess, go, you know, being taught all yeah. of that stuff, it was just heightened for me. And yeah. I, yeah. Um, You're listening to Chris Shabs on FBI Radio. And out of the box here, Chris is a gay Christian, LGBTIQ advocate who underwent gay con- conversion therapy when he was a teenager. And it's quite a, an insane story. And, and look, for anyone who, who's listening, um, 
yeah, if this is bringing up any feelings for you, then um, you should uh, yeah j- jump online and, and touch base with Headspace or, or Lifeline. But look, uh, we're going to move forward and then we're going to get back into We're going to talk about when you got through this and, and you and your family started to realize that, there was, that this wasn't the right way and, and, and that, that like it was wrong that you were having to do this. Um, but first, let's play a song. And what are you feeling like playing next? Uh, let's do Do You Remember, Jared James. Perfect. It's a good one. Cool. All right. I can we probably we probably only got time for one more kind of segment and song. Okay. Um, so maybe we'll we'll wrap together talking about when they realised it was wrong, and then and then where you're at now, and mm-hmm. and like what your goals are yep. now. Cool, cool. This is out of the box and FBI radio. Sorry. You've been listening to Out of the Box and FBI Radio. My name is Serge Negus. My guest here today is Chris Jabs. He's a gay Christian, LGBTIQ advocate who underwent gay conversion therapy as a teenager. And we've just been talking about the the kind of intensity of going through those processes. And Chris, at, at what time was it that you and, and your family started to realise that, that this was wrong and that, that you shouldn't be doing this? Yeah, um, well, it was um, at a point where my parents had been kind of... I mean, they'd watched me for all of these years struggle um, trying to change myself and um, I I got to a point where I really just wanted to die and I was praying to God that he would either heal me or kill me basically wow. every day um, and wow. I meant it I meant it and um, my parents watched me and they were just super concerned you know I that they tell me now um, as we've been speaking about it particularly over the last few months that you know I had you know I wasn't Chris anymore you know, I'd lost my ability to laugh and make jokes. I wasn't singing anymore. I wasn't, you know, I was just a total mess. Mm. Um, and my mum took me out for coffee um, one day and was just talking to me. And she said to me, you know, um, Chris, do you think maybe the reason God hasn't healed you is because there's actually nothing wrong with you? You're not sick. And like, I was like, what? <laughs> like, you know, and she was like, well, you know, dad and I've been, you know, praying and researching about it for years now. And we've, we've, we've changed our minds. Like, we just don't think that God minds, like it's not God made you, wow. you know, and well, this isn't something that needs to be healed. And I was, I mean, you'd think I'd be like, oh my God, that's amazing. Thanks, mum. But no, I was upset. And I, you know, because I was, I believed that, you know, in the Bible, I was like, what? So you don't believe the Bible anymore? You know, kind of thing. And poor mum, you know. Um, But, you know, it was that at that point that I, that, you know, we started having a real conversation. And, you know, because I hadn't had had no idea that my parents had kind of been on that journey and Mm. had, I mean, they were okay with me being gay before I was, you know, which is incredible considering where they came from. So it was like, yeah, um, it was at that point where we started talking a lot about it, and I think, and well, basically, they helped me to accept wow. that I was gay, and yeah. And was so, it was it I guess hard for you then to reconcile your Christianity with your homosexuality? Oh yeah, it took me years yeah. um, because you know, uh, and it, it, it's funny because people often say to me, you know, well, why don't you just not be a Christian? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> well, that's funny because all the Christian says, why can't you just not be gay? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, and. Um, you know, obviously it's a different thing, but I, you know, bec- I mean, I really truly believe mm. in Jesus and I, you know, my faith has changed a lot. I'm no longer legalistic and I'm no longer, I mean, I don't read the Bible in the same way, you know, um, I totally believe in evolution. I totally, you know, yeah. um, 
yeah, my faith has changed heaps. Um, and I guess it's less of a religion now for me than, and more of like a spirituality. Like it's just a relationship with God. That's all it is. Sure. You sure. Know? Which sounds to me pretty bloody healthy. Well, I like it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's an amazing story, Chris. Look, I can't, can't thank you enough for coming on here and talking no about it. But what we have to talk about though is, you know, for, for anyone out there who wants to be able to try and help in this field and, and stop gay conversion therapy from being a thing, and, and what can they what can they do? How can they get behind this campaign? Yeah, for sure. Um, well, first off, you can jump, jump on change.org slash endgaycures and sign the petition. You can also email your, uh, your state... Uh, health minister and tell them that you care about the issue and that you'd really like them to um, take a strong stance against it um, and absolutely email Greg Hunt as well who's the um, the federal health minister um, and yeah asking him to I guess work with the states and territories to yeah. um, I guess Weasel do something what is, about it. Well, yeah, because they, like it is, it is a pseudoscience. There's absolutely zero scientific backing towards these absolutely. sort of therapy sessions. Yeah. This is not something that can be done, and so it should not be allowed because it's damaging people's lives. Pretty simple, right? I, mm. I wouldn't think that's a controversial no. stance. <laughs> not, not apparently it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's wild that, they, that these sense. sort of things are being protected <laughs> in this day and age. I mean, it's yeah. two, 2018. It's, mm-hmm. it's absurd. Um, but look, Chris, thank you so much for coming no on out of the box thank and you sharing your story. It was an absolute pleasure. You've got to send us off with one song, though. Well, yeah. what are you going to send us off with? I'm going to se- send you off with Shackles. Awesome. Mary, Mary. Fantastic. Thank you so much. <laughs> I don't mind, though.
FBI Radio 94.5.
Tonight, dry off your eyes, don't let it show. 